0: I'm going to read you some scriptures since Abe already did the, the intro here. Thank you, Abe. Just, you can close your, well, don't close your eyes and you go to sleep. Listen to these scriptures. I like to go to the Word of God. I want to hear what the Word says. Exodus 34, 6. The Lord, the Lord God, he told Moses, is merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth psalm 25 verse 8 good and upright is the lord therefore he teaches sinners in the way psalm 31 19 oh how great is your goodness which you have laid up for those who fear you so if you fear god guess what's laid up for you goodness which you have prepared for those who trust in you Psalm 33, 5, the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Psalm 34, verse eight: Oh, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Psalm 65, 4, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, of your holy temple. Then he talks about how he will crown the year with his goodness. Verse 11. Then it says in Psalm 85, 12, Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Boy, I like that. The Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Psalm 86, 5, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive. Aren't you glad? And abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. Psalm 100, Verse 5, for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Psalm 107, 9, for he satisfies the hungry soul with goodness. You know, I could preach on that one. He satisfies what? The what kind of soul? Hungry. You mean, you mean preacher if, if I'm hungry for God? Lily, you're hungry for God. You told me you are. Then goodness will appear in your life. I like that one. Psalm 119.68, you are good and do good, the psalmist states. Teach me your statutes. Then one more, Psalm 145.9, the Lord is good to some. No, the Lord is good to all and his tender more mercies are over all his works. Now, are you a work? In progress then guess what you're blessed and he's good to all he's good to all look at Galatians chapter 5 I have an expectancy in my heart even though we deal with tragedy even though we're dealing was dealing with circumstances and situations Through it all, God is good and God is faithful. Yeah, I'll do that. One, I came out here the other day, shut the gate, been shutting the gate, and uh, didn't, didn't notice that night, but came back the next day that somebody had knocked over our light here. And it's happened before, Bradley did it. But the cameras caught it, so we knew it was him. <laughs> no, he fessed up. He got on the, looked at the footage, and our, uh, we don't have the resolution to get the license. But there was the car that came in, some girl pulled in, knocked it over, and pulled away. And I came up, showed up ten minutes later to shut the gate. I was really led by the spirit that night, wasn't I? Should have been here earlier. So I don't know if we can get the license plate, but you know what? That young lady did it. She could have done it just because she wasn't looking. I ho- I hold nothing in my heart against her, but she did do that. So we're going to pray. I'm going to pray that her conscience bothers her. You know what I mean? You throw her in jail? No, I'll, I'll forgive her. But let's pray. Let's use this as an opportunity for this young lady. Father, in the name of Jesus, you know this young lady who she is, where she's at. And, Lord, I'm believing that, Lord, you're dealing with her heart. If she's not saved and doesn't know Jesus Christ, then I pray laborers would cross her path. Father, I pray that you'll deal with this woman's heart, Lord, that she'll fess up for what she did. But we forgive her. And now, Lord, we loose angels to go forth, ministering spirits that minister on behalf of the heirs of salvation. Set her up, Lord God to come to know Jesus. We bless her and forgive her in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, that's the way we should be sometimes. And we won't have a light there anymore. It's, we're not going to even put another one up. Okay. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, and what? goodness say it once more goodness so this word in the greek comes from the word a-g-a-t-h-o-s meaning good but when they when this word is combined with another word in the greek it means goodness now listen goodness in the sense of being good to someone so if God, we develop the fruit of the spirit of goodness means you and I are going to be good to someone. Should we be that way? Sometimes it, it comes that way. We, you look at a family, you'll see gifts. And a lot of times the kids will have the gifts. Sure, there's genetics involved, but there's a spirit and an anointing upon your family that will come upon individual people. And one of my gifts has been serving, okay? You can have a giving gift. But I like to do good to others, amen? And, and I believe you do too. But that's one of the, the fruits of the Spirit. That's the definition. Means goodness in the sense of being good to someone. This word describes, now listen, a person who is generous, big-hearted, liberal, and charitable with his finances. We would call this person a giver. That's goodness. So we talk about the goodness of God. Is he a giver? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now look at Acts 10.38. Acts ten thirty eight. 38. I, I just, I want to see you. and I've been privileged, Kathy and I have been privileged to pastor people with good spirits. And I've been privileged to meet people, you know, that are just good people. I met Dean and I, I love Dean because I just knew he was a good man. Don't you meet people like that? God wants us to develop this kind of a fruit in our heart. Well, Jesus was the epitome of this. And if you'll see this scripture in Acts 10.38, you know it well. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Now, we read that scripture, we think about the fact how Jesus healed people, how Jesus delivered people from demonic activity. And and the thing is, yes, that's true, but so, you know, through the years as believers, we quote that scripture, we think about that scripture, and we just think about Jesus healing the sick, raising the dead. And did he do that? Okay. Okay. But I want to bring something out, and and, uh, Shane and Julie gave me another volume of Rick Renner's um, Sparkling Gems. It's wonderful. And he expanded on this verse, and he said himself, this Greek scholar said one day he was reading this, and it just dawned on him that he hadn't seen this aspect of the ministry of Jesus before. Yes, he healed, yes, he delivered. But Jesus Christ was the ultimate philanthropist. And we don't think about that. We think about the healing ministry. We think about him delivering people from demons, but we don't think about you know, we think about miracles, the miracles of uh, the, the five feeding the 5,000, multiplying the bread, right? But we don't think very often about how Jesus Christ, when he walked the earth, had money. Oh, I thought my Jesus was poor. He laid his head on a rock, went to sleep. That's religion. If Jesus didn't have money, why did he have a treasure? Who was he? Judas. Judas. And what did Judas do from time to time? Slipped a little bit out of that purse. We got revelation years ago through the ministry when we went down through SCF and and John Abenzini. Boy, the body of Christ, that was like a shot in the arm. Because the body of Christ is in one ditch or the other. The poor ditch. Well, I'm so poor, and I'm poor, and because I'm poor, I'm special, and I'm religious. Stupid. Then you got people on the other side of the ditch. I got it. I got the money. I live in the best house and drive the best vehicle, and I'm a preacher, and you better fall down and worship me, and then you can worship Jesus. It's the truth. But then there are people right in the middle not in the left ditch, not in the right ditch, that know that God blessed them for a reason, to be good to all, to go about doing good, being a philanthropist, giving of your resources and your finances to bless the kingdom. See, there have been a lot of ministers who would have preached this message and then had their little spiel up here and taken an off, receiving an offering. I won't do that. Because I know my God. He's a big God. God will deal with your heart. And then all you got to do is obey. But I want you to see this. Jesus Christ was a giver. Say, Jesus Christ was a giver. So this doing good in the Greek implies a benefactor, a philanthropist, one who financially supports charitable works are a person who uses his financial resources to meet the needs of disadvantaged people. This word was used only to portray the provision of food, clothes, or some other commodity to meet physical or material needs of people. This word emphatically means that a part of Jesus Christ's ministry was comprised of meeting the physical and tangible needs of people who were disadvantaged in some way. That's my Jesus. Jesus performed supernatural miracles of provision. He fed thousands of people. However, the word in the Greek, in Acts 10.38, what I just read you, doing good, tells us that his ministry also provided natural material help to people who were in need. Look at Luke 8. I'm almost done. Luke 8. So Jesus wasn't poor? No. Not at all. So you find out why. Why did Jesus Christ did, did He have a ministry? Yeah. Big ministry. What's it take when you got twelve people? It takes money. It says in chapter 8 of Luke 8, now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city. Now, I love this. Mike Keys brought this up years ago, and I like this. He went through every city and village. So Jesus wasn't too big a ministry to go to a little village to minister to people. What did he do? Preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God and the 12 were with him. Now, listen. And certain What? Women. We think men are the ones that produce. Uh Uh-uh. Even back then it was the women. Certain women who'd been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward. Who's, Who's steward? Herod. This steward was in charge of Herod's money. This is his wife who followed Jesus and Susanna and many others who provided for him from their substance. So here he had people following him that had money. Interesting. And they were givers. Jesus went about doing good and these women went about doing good. Look at John 12, John chapter 12. Are you getting the picture today? And then six days in verse one, before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. Wouldn't that have been a wonderful party to go to? (laughs) There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Who was he now? What was his position? Treasurer. Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii, which had been about a year's wages, and given to the poor? Then he said not, said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box. He had the what? So, you mean Jesus Christ had a money box? I thought he was a miracle worker. Why did he need a money box? And he used to take was put in it judas did and jesus said let her alone she has kept this for the day of my burial for the poor you will have always but me you do not have always so doing good now listen doing good is a characteristic of god's nature God is not only interested in healing people's bodies, but in meeting their physical needs as well. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today. So the body of Christ should be the same. That same spirit, that same fruit of the spirit doing good. We're going to have, I'm not going to take time to talk about it today, but we did it last year. We're going to go out to Divots and we'll purchase a table and, and put food packets together. That's coming up. That's doing good. See, the body of Christ should demonstrate doing good also. So the Holy Spirit longs to produce the fruit of goodness in our lives as believers. And the thing is, Timothy says, in the last days, men will become lovers of themselves. So the church, if we're going to resist that spirit, we're going to have to do good and use what God has given us to do good. Look at Psalm 41. I have a very, very good friend. Kathy and I and, and Dean would say the same thing that is near, he's ready to go home to glory, and his name's Clayton Andrews. Started Orphan Grain Train. He's done a lot of good. And as Kathy and I sat last week with him and cried and said our goodbyes. But the man, not a perfect man, nobody's perfect. But I've watched that man in the last 20 years especially grow spiritually. Not so much interested in material possessions, but wanting to make sure when his grandchildren died, they go to heaven. That when his daughters die, they go to heaven. Yes, he did a lot of good. And when he's long gone, he'll still be doing a lot. There'll be a legacy. Continue. He'll be doing good. That's the way we should be, all of us. Psalm 41, blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness, and you will sustain him on his sickbed. That is one wonderful promise. Promise to who? A promise to someone that does good to others. Look at 2 Corinthians 9, that last scripture. 2 Corinthians 9. This scripture is quoted a lot, but I want to read it to you. In verse 6. It says, but this I say, he who so sparingly will also reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. That's all I'm telling you today about this project. Give as the Holy Spirit deals with you in your heart. Now listen, not grudgingly or nor of necessity, for God loves a tearful giver. Buddy Harrison used to say that. God loves a Not a tearful, but a cheerful giver. Romans 7 and verse 6 in the Amplified, it talks about obeying, obeying the promptings of the Spirit. So in the days ahead, you need to obey the prompting of the Spirit to go see Lisa. You need to obey the promptings of the Spirit when you know you should be in the house of God. You need and I need to obey the promptings of the Spirit when God tells us to do something to sow seed. Amen. Let's stand on our feet.